So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of interesting to say that because we, earlier this year we had Top Gun Maverick, which is apparently the sequel that everybody wanted and everybody went to see. And that took, like, what? They, when, when did the original Top Gun come out? 86? 30 years, yeah, yeah something so like that. 30-some-odd years. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for that for 30 years. But it's only been since 2009, since Avatar, which is the biggest money-making film in the history of the world. Everybody went to see it, and there's there seems to be a collective. Eh, they're making another one of those, <laughs> which is which is weird because it's still predicted to make a ton of money, and you know one of our greatest directors, James Cameron, has spent you know all that time working on this and working on, hopefully for in his mind, hopefully several more of these. And I thought it was a pretty good movie. You know, I, I was uh, I, I was one of the ones that was kind of like, do we really need another one of these? But uh, but it's it's very entertaining. It's of course beautifully made. It is absolutely a visual spectacle. You should go see this on the big screen. You should try to see it in 3D, which it's made for. Uh, you know, Avatar really kicked off a wave of 3D movies, and it pioneered yeah. a new version of 3d and it, it uses that again to, to to brilliant effect uh i'm assuming it looks even better in imax i did not get to see it in imax yeah it's it's kind of but, weird how know, like again, like what you said i mean uh, i love james cameron i loved the first movie i mean it's a you know and and yet this is kind of a oh we're doing this <laughs> you know i feel like yeah. there was no wave well, written into this movie so and, and that's the thing there's been this kind of you know retroactive history about the the first avatar that it wasn't really that great despite the fact that it made all the money despite that the was fact a that great it movie won, it genuinely was a great movie won several awards was nominated for best picture uh you know in fact i think lost if i remember correctly to uh to his ex-wife's movie ironically enough i believe that was near the hurt Locker that, yeah one. i think you're right about that uh, yeah yeah uh but I, I actually think in a lot of ways this is a little bit stronger movie. I think some of the criticisms of the first Avatar in that there were a lot of people that felt that it ripped off other movies. Specifically, uh, there was a lot of Fern Gully and a lot of Pocahontas in there, uh, you know, to, to some people. Sure. I, I think that was always overblown, but it was, you know, that was a criticism. This feels like a more original story to me than the first one. Okay, and by the way, you uh, were right. Uh, Hurt Locker in 2010. Well done. Great memory. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I am. I am super looking so, forward uh, to it. So I'm. You know, that's that's good. Um, you also have yeah, what Empire. I, I think, you know, now do I think this is one of the best movies of the year? That may be another stretch. Do I feel like it deserves? I definitely deserves technical awards, but does it deserve? You know, best picture conversation. Not sure, but I did really enjoy it, and I think people will really like it. Very good. Well, I look forward to seeing it. I mean, based especially on your review. Uh, Empire of Light also comes out this – well, here it comes out this week, right? Yes, and this is uh, this is from Sam Mendes, who, of course, you know, did American Beauty and Road to Perdition and a number of great movies. Is considered a very great filmmaker. And this was a film that was very much in the – is supposed to be in the Oscar conversation – uh, it's one of many films this year that is about the power of cinema. You know, we had the Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans earlier this year. And not uh, Kirsten Cinema, by the way, Amy just to be Chazelle. clear. 
no, that, that's a different kind of power. I don't know. If we want to go there. Uh, and and then there's the uh, you know ba- Damien Chazelle's Babylon, which is going to come out next week. Uh, so this is Sam Mendes' take on the power of cinema, and this was meant to be a big Oscar competition film, and the reviews sure as heck are not bearing that out. Uh, everybody is saying that Olivia Coleman, who is the the lead actress in this, is fantastic, but she always is considered to be fantastic in everything there is some buzz that she will probably get a lead actress nomination for the film but it's probably the only nomination that it's going to end up with interesting uh, this right. is uh, set set in the early 1980s in the in a kind of rundown uh movie house on the uh the the british shore and uh it's a, it's about this this woman who is the assistant manager of the theater and the struggles that she's facing in her life. Well, you've certainly again, made me want to see of, it so badly. <laughs> I so no, I, well, yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, hey, so, Julio, what are you guys going to watch? What are you guys going to watch next week? What are you guys going to watch next week? There's a lot coming next week. We're probably looking at Babylon, uh, but there's a lot coming out over the course of the week. The Whale is going to come out midweek. Okay. Puss in Boots is coming out midweek. The oh. Houston biopic is out next week. So uh, just check for us on Facebook, Pensacola Movie Club on Facebook. 99% certain we're going to be doing Babylon on Thursday night, though. Outstanding. Like he said, find them on Facebook. Pensacola Movie Club, great organization, and he's been doing it for years and years. And let's go Pensacola. Saturdays at 4. That's tomorrow at 4 here on News Radio. As always, Julio, thanks for the time, sir. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks, Andrew. You bet. Uh, coming up next, we've got the Transgressors Memorial Service or the Woe Unto All Who Offends segment. Candy's got traffic on the fives. And the good news is we're not seeing any accidents. There are roadblocks this morning. It is slow near exit 7 east and westbound for I-10 and then Highway 29 and West Roberts Road in Cantonment showing an accident. But moved off to the side. Watch for emergency vehicles. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3. Informative. Local. Dependable. With zero down payment, zero due at signing, zero first month payment, you'll have zero reasons to miss your chance to save at the Volkswagen Sign Then Drive event. Going on now at Feed 4 Imports. Sign Then Drive a 2023 Volkswagen Taos and see how zero down, zero due at signing, and zero first month payment add up to more value in this sporty VW crossover from Feed More Imports. Or with zero down, zero first month payment, and zero due at signing, Sign then drive the 2023 Volkswagen Tiguan, the SUV with a third row and plenty of room to get you where you're going. But first, get to Piedmore Imports during the Volkswagen Sign then Drive event and see how all those zeros add up to one of the best Volkswagen leasing events of the year. Piedmore Imports. They're not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Piedmore Imports, 103 New Warrington Road. Excludes tax, title, license options, and dealer fees. For highly qualified customers through Volkswagen Credit. Let's be honest, nobody likes taxes, but they are necessary to maintain roads, support schools, and fund public services. Wouldn't it be great if someone else could pay our taxes? In Escambia County, they do. Our beautiful community draws millions of visitors who spend over a billion dollars each year. The taxes they pay help lower the tax burden for locals. Tourism works for all residents and businesses in Escambia County. This message brought to you by Visit Pensacola. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. 
That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support, datarevs.com. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate. Managing staff, growing your business, training new hires and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. An IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, submitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. Local Talk with Andrew McKay, 5 to 9, Jenna Barr, 9 to 11, and Poppy Rossi, 4 to 7. Every weekday on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to remember those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, the practice of referring to electronics cables as being either male or female depending on whether they have a prong or a receptacle. As we saw this week, the new Better Thought Speak leaders at Cambridge Dictionary have updated their definition of man and woman so that each now means both what it once meant and also the exact opposite, depending not upon the exterior anatomy of the person's body, but upon the interior anatomy of their imagination, which only that person can perceive. In thus overthrowing the outdated anatomicocentric definitions of these words, Cambridge has now liberated them to mean what our ideas need them to mean absolutely nothing. However, in perusing the digital pages at Cambridge Dictionary, it came to our attention that the third listed definition of male and female includes referring to equipment that either has a part that sticks out or else has a hole, space, or void into which such a protrusion can fit. In this regard, unenlightened persons sometimes talk about cables being USB male or coaxial female or even sometimes male to male as adapters, which of course is our favorite kind, but surely you see the problem here. Such archaic language used about electrical equipment only serves to reinforce the transphobic notion that gender comes from physical parts. But when we say this HDMI cable is male, have we asked the cable what it thinks? Do we know for sure that a female 15-pin VGA cable still views herself that way, regardless of how she was manufactured, or even whether she prefers to be called a they cable? And who are engineers to decide for some device that the female parallel port cannot be just as functional when connected to another female parallel port, or even to a female RCA port for that matter? No, this heteronormalization of electronic interfaces must stop. 
let all right thinkers henceforth declare that the prong can be either male or female, and that the receptacle can also be male or female, depending on their preferences, regardless of their so-called design. Let our rallying cry be, free the prongs and free the holes, let them choose their own sex roles. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Santa Claus. Due to the psychological trauma he unleashes upon children, as the New York Post reported, Gen Z moms are choosing not to inflict Santa upon their precious younglings for a variety of reasons. First, these fragile young minds will no longer suffer the fear of being constantly watched by a peeping claws who sees them at all times of day, of night, when they're sleeping, when they're awake. It's creepy! And this obsessive old man watches their every deed, judging each as to its goodness or badness, and making a note on some annual file he maintains for them all? By whose standards? His own? No, these Gen Z moms are wisely opting out of this culture of judgment and condemnation, this perpetuation of absolute values. And should these precious future adults really believe that their Christmas gifts are earned by good behavior only? No! These moms know what everyone knows, that these children deserve good gifts just as everyone deserves a participation trophy. Moreover, who knows how secure this list of his even is? Do we not in this modern era have enough examples of identity theft to know that secret data archives are never secure enough, let alone ones kept at some open commune for little people in the unsecured tundra of the North Pole? Stop worrying about TikTok. Start worrying about the elven double agents compromised by the Chinese or the North Koreans. But think of what these wise mothers are sparing their children from. The anxiety of the mall Santa present begging line. The fear that Santa might have a secret gluten allergy or be undiagnosed lactose intolerant and incapacitated by their thoughtless cookies and milk. Are the elves receiving a living wage? Are the reindeer treated equally or does the culture of bullying and exclusion persist? Are they rewarded for mere biological radiance? Why are there no female deer in the team? Why does Mrs. Claus have to do all the cooking? And why is no one concerned about Santa's obesity? Or his tobacco addiction? No, ma'am. This feudal monarchy only persists because of the involuntary servitude of the alternately heighted and plays havoc with the psyches of impressionable young people all over the world. The Gen Z moms are right. Santa's a trauma machine, and exposing our children to him must not continue. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And finally, hearty praise for President Biden for forcefully and fully protecting interracial marriage by signing the Respect for Marriage Act. Yes, even though it has been 55 years since the Supreme Court unanimously ruled in Loving v. Virginia that race-based restrictions on marriage are unconstitutional, and even though nobody beyond those who wear white hoods to the weekend cross-burning even cares about this issue anymore, you never can be too sure, after all. If Clarence Thomas can signal a willingness to re-examine protections for same-sex marriage and contraception, is it really so preposterous to imagine that this black justice might not also consider invalidating his own marriage to a white woman? Moreover, we know from our own success on the gay marriage issue that one can never take the obvious for granted. Just 30 short years ago, most Americans laughed at the then-unthinkable concept of gay marriage, and here we are today, it's the law of the land. From this lesson, we know that people can be led to accept or reject virtually anything because nothing stays obvious for long. Besides, even if this is a fully settled issue, that only means it's a perfect opportunity to practice third-degree virtue signaling and good on the president for proving his goodness by declaring the obvious for others to approve of. But this does remind us, 
that perhaps there are other non-controversies we should nevertheless enshrine by codification in federal statute. In that vein, I propose the following laws. The National Color of the Firmament Validation Act, officially proclaiming that the sky is blue. The Defense of Numbers Act, reaffirming that 2 plus 2 is 4, except, of course, in binary. The Setting Up New Retinal Inspection of Solar Emergence Act, or Sunrise Act, declaring that now and forever the sun does rise in the east. The 2022 Religious Clarification Act, declaring that the Pope is, in fact, a Catholic. And finally, the American Declaration of Ursin Defecation Preference, which confirms to any who doubt that a bear does indeed in the woods. Since these issues are thoroughly uncontroversial, it seems a ripe moment to formally declare their obviousness, just as President Biden has so powerfully done by protecting interracial marriage. Semper vigilance. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. 826 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. We're super late. Let's do this all out of order. Candy, can we get traffic from you first? Uh, sure. Good news is uh, the roads are not showing any slowdowns or delays. Use caution wherever you are. Traffic tips 437-1620. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thank you. Now, David Wayne with our headlines. A request by Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to share a message of world peace at the World Cup on Sunday has been rejected by FIFA. A source telling CNN Zelensky, Zelensky was offering to appear by a video link and was surprised when that was rejected. Twitter now blocking tweets with links to its new competitor Mastodon. That's become popular as an alternative to Twitter after the Elon Musk takeover. And that satellite mission to survey all of the water on Earth. It's now blasted off into space. The International Surface Water and Ocean Topography Mission, known as SWAT, lifted off this morning from California. The mission is a joint effort between NASA and the French Space Agency to survey over 90% of water on the world's surface. Thanks so much, David. Oh, a friend just texted me a note and said, you apparently don't realize that according to science, all of the reindeer are in fact female. To which I say, the revision has already begun. I'm Andrew McKay. Each Sunday at 7.30 a.m., the Bible Baptist Bookstore of Pensacola, Florida brings you Theological Seminar with teacher Peter S. Ruckman, founder and president of the Pensacola Bible Institute. He will teach you what the Bible says about the subject, not merely what it is presumed to teach. Tune in this Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for Theological Seminar with Dr. Peter S. Ruckman, brought to you by Bible Baptist Bookstore on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. Hi, this is Mary Hoxing, and I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and let's hope that everyone is happy and healthy in 2023. Hi, it's Sarah, and I'm the receptionist. I hope your Christmas is merry and bright, and Happy New Year. From our locally owned family of stations, ESPN Pensacola, 99.1 FM, 1330 AM, News Radio 92.3 AM, 1620, and Cat Country 98.7 to your family. Happy holidays, have a great Christmas, and a Happy New Year. Hey, it's Jenna Barr from the Pensacola Expert Panel. I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy New Year. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? Just hear the sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for sleigh ride together with you. 
829 here on News Radio 923. Hey, coming up, we're going to have the wrap. I got two really good friends. Uh, Kristen Rhodes is going to be here in studio with me and Anna Higgins also, so it's going to be a good time uh, talking with them. In case you had not heard, uh, big news out of Taco Bell. You ready? If you haven't heard this, this is oh, Candy, can you verify roll. big news? Big news! Breaking news! News Ta- radio, hard hitting stuff. Oh, love it. I like that. All right. Thank I don't you. know whether we're getting her to do news or wrestling, but either way, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, they're going to debut fries. They're going to have fries at Taco Bell because McDonald's is winning in the late night and dinner vicinity. Although I don't think late night, that'd be Taco Bell. But anyway, but in lunch and breakfast, they think they can make inroads because people want fries with lunch. So Taco Bell, tacos and fries. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Elon Musk bought Twitter promising more free speech and says criticizing him is fine, but that he suspended some journalists' accounts for breaking Twitter rules. This started with the banning of an account that tracked Elon Musk's jet. Musk tweeted that doxing or revealing real-time location data is a safety violation. The accounts of CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, and an independent journalist were then suspended. CNN insists their suspended reporter did not share location data. The New York Times said they're hoping for an explanation here. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal. A huge indoor aquarium bursts in Berlin, Germany. 1,500 fish are dead. There's a hotel in the building now evacuated. We were so amazed from its its beauty and beautiness, and suddenly it's all gone. Everything is a mess, totally mess. Eva Yednitsky is a tourist from Israel. Two minor injuries were reported. It happened before most people were awake. Police say there's no indication of an attack. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 831. It's News Radio 92.3. The sun's shining today. It's 48 degrees in Pensacola. A former Tennessee sheriff's deputy saved a man who had overdosed on fentanyl. This happened at a local Walmart store over on Mobile Highway. Jordan Poole telling Channel 3 he was just in the right place at the right time. I was looking for Christmas tree ornaments, and as I rounded the corner, um, he was laying on the floor face down. Unresponsive. And Poole says his law enforcement training led him to believe that man had overdosed. So he ran four aisles over to the pharmacy, grabbed Narcan, and used it to revive the man. Fentanyl overdoses, of course, have become a huge problem here in Escambia County. Also one of the leading killers, not just in Florida, but all across the nation right now. The man who was saved was taken to the hospital. Right now, we do not have an update on that man's condition. Former reality TV star Todd Crisley will be serving his prison time here in Pensacola. Crisley and his wife, Julie, were both sentenced to prison last month for fraud and tax crimes. Todd was sentenced to 12 years. Julie sentenced to seven. Both have been ordered to different prisons in Florida. Todd Crisley will be serving his time at FPC Pensacola, a minimum security facility on Raby Avenue. Julie will be sent to a medium security facility in Mariana. The couple became well-known on their Crisley Knows Best reality show a few years ago. They were both convicted on bank fraud charges. Pensacola's now banned smoking and vaping in city parks. You know, I've heard some people say this is taking rights away from people. Um, I think that this is instead protecting people that, that you know, don't have any say in what's going on around them. So um, to protect children, um, elderly, people that uh, are sensitive to taking in smoke, uh, I think that this is a necessary ordinance. City Councilman Casey Jones, of course, that ordinance passed its first reading last night with a unanimous 6-0 to zero vote. Uh, it'll, it, the ordinance will ban smoking and vaping at parks. 
Uh, it doesn't apply to unfiltered cigars. Now, those are exempted at a state level. The ordinance uh, will go up for a second vote at the next council meeting. The Council on Aging of West Florida asking for the community's help. They say they need space heaters to help out seniors during these cold days. As soon as the forecasts for low temperatures start going out over the airwaves, we will begin getting calls. And during those times, it's not unusual for us to give away, you know, 15 to 20 heaters a day. That is uh, Council on Aging CEO Josh Newby, who says they like to have 25 or 30 of those space heaters on hand to, ha- to give out to seniors when they need them. But uh, they are requesting new electric space heaters if you'd like to donate. They say they are not able to accept used heaters or propane heaters either. Florida's insurance commissioner resigning, David Altemeyers, informed the governor that he plans to step down effective on December 28th. Altemeyers led the Office of Insurance Regulation for six years. Now his resignation letter did not reveal why he was quitting. He hasn't said what he plans to do next. And political upheaval in Peru could leave a Florida man not able to be home for the holidays. Fire Rescue Captain Brian Vega is apparently stranded in the South American country. Of course, a state of emergency is in effect in Peru. Violent protests have broken out over the arrest of their former president. Vega has a wife and two kids waiting for him to come back home in uh, to Miami-Dade County. And he says the only way out of uh, the town he's in is by train. Protesters have apparently disassembled the tracks there. Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava saying she's reached out to the White House for help in bringing Vega home. It's 835 right now at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at your traffic on the fives with Candy Cullerton. Taking a look at our roads, good news is we're not showing any slowdowns or delays. 98 looking clear from Navarre into uh, Pensacola and on Three Mile Bridge. Not showing any problems if you see an accident or slowdown. Call or text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thank you very much, Candy. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast. It's going to be a beautiful and sunny day out there today with temperatures much cooler. Highs near 62 degrees with temperatures overnight dropping near 45. Beautiful weather continues into the weekend for Saturday. Mostly cloudy skies with a few peaks of sunshine. High near 59 degrees. Temperatures Saturday night dropping into the 30s. 37 degrees for the forecast low. We're going to stay chilly as you go into Sunday with highs staying in the 50s and lows of the 30s. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. 52 in Pensacola. 53 in Gulf Breeze, 46 in Milton. Hi, this is Kathy Summerlin, Director of Booking and Marketing for the Sanger Theater. We are excited to be bringing you two holiday classics to the Sanger big screen. On December 19th, you can see the beloved holiday movie, It's a Wonderful Life, about an angel that's striving to get his wings. On December 20th, the holiday comedy, A Christmas Story, where all Ralphie wants for Christmas is a BB gum. It's a great deal for only $5. Tickets can be purchased at the Sanger Theater box office. The movie starts at 7 p.m. We'll see you there at the Sanger Theater. Your money now, another down day for the market so far. The Dow Jones down 209.17 at 32.993.05. NASDAQ down 19, down 18.80 at 10.791.73. And the S&P 500 down 21.81 at 38.73.27. SpaceX breaking a record today with back-to-back launches at Cape Canaveral, the private rocket company planning to do two launches within a 
minute window of each other this afternoon from two different launch pads. That would be the first time that's happened since 1966. Mortgage rates down for the fifth week in a row. Freddie Mac reporting the average for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was 6.31% for last or for this week. That's down 3.6% from the week before. And Donald Trump has made over $4 million selling his... NFT collection, the official Donald Trump digital trading card collection, apparently includes 45,000 NFTs on uh, a blockchain that show Trump as a superhero, an astronaut on Mount Rushmore, riding an elephant, and in other poses. Each one of these digital cards was priced at $99 and all 45,000 sold out in 12 hours. 838 at News Radio 923, your next news at 9 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Did you hear when this happened? There's nothing I can say. Like that was the city council meeting conversation. Or this? YouTube sends you random ads. This one was like an MTV get out and vote initiative. Or this? Doing what every other state was doing after the Supreme Court ruled that states can now collect online sales tax. If you missed any of that, you should download our mobile app to listen to podcasts of the shows on demand. Just look for News Radio Pensacola in your app store. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big sharp it up. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. That means we're going to talk about the events and news of the week and get, you know, I never know what's going to happen on the wrap. That's part of why I love it. I always try to get good, smart people in here who uh, know a few things and, uh, you know, they're friends or at least they can endure me. And I'll put these uh, ladies in this category. We've got uh, Anna Higgins. Uh, She's a longtime friend, a lawyer and a lobbyist. Don't hold either of those against her. Right, Anna? Right, strike one, strike two. <laughs> She's good. And uh, Kristen Rhodes, also a longtime friend who has um, done many things, but she is currently a realtor with Eleven Rinky Realty. Hello. And will actually be filling in for me. Yes, uh, the twenty sixth, the day after Christmas. Yeah, so very, very cool. Yay. <laughs> We're back again. All right, let, let's start with this. Um, I, I don't know whether it's the big news of the week or not, but I did want to get thoughts if you have them. Uh, President Biden signs the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, it, you know simultaneously codifies uh, gay marriage as the law of the land, which the Supreme Court had already done, but also says interracial marriage is the law of the land, which the Supreme Court did, you know, 50-plus years ago and hasn't been controversial since. I talked about that in our transgressors. Um, But, you know, in terms of the significance of this law, my question has been, do they even have constitutional grounds to make that for all 50 states? My tend to answer is no, but that's something that would have to be litigated. And who would litigate? Who would have standing to oppose... It's complicated stuff, but Anna, you're a lawyer. Any thoughts on this? I do have a couple of thoughts. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, I've had a lens into the legislative system for a long time, and I have suspect I I suspect that there is not entirely pure motives behind crafting this legislation, especially in light of a Burgerfeld, like you mentioned. Right. That um, So what they basically did is codify this. They've got a religious exemption in there, but it's not really um, that strong. So I anticipate a lot of litigation, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, my other thought on that is there's a lot going on in this country that it needs to be worked on. Why are we, 
you know, focusing on that right now since it's already the law of the land. Well, and I mean, clearly it was intended as a before the election. Let's say we're working on something, you know, the Democrats were clearly pushing for that, even though it didn't get ratified until after. That was something that they made a campaign issue out of because of the, uh, you know, the Dobbs decision. I mean, obviously. Uh, other stuff that's going on, I don't care if you want to, well, no, okay. Fair enough, which I understand because I thought, you know, and I, to me, I was really bothered by the fact that they put both together because to me, there's such different issues, but it's, it's fine. It's been the argument all these times, and when somebody has political power, they do what they're going to do. UWF has a new head coach. All right. Go Argos. Pete Shinnick was a great, I mean, fantastic. genuinely fantastic and a good man and a Christian leader and a mentor. And, you know, his priorities were make good men, make good graduates, make good football yeah. players in that order. And I loved that. But Caleb Noble's Seems to be the same kind of mold, although he doesn't have as much track record at 29 years young. Uh, thoughts about him as a new head coach? Well, you know, it's it, whenever you've got something good, you don't want to let go of it. But, right. you know, when you've got such a great track record as, as Coach Shinnick had, you knew the day was going to come that another college was going to scoop him up. And so, um, you know, it's, it was a sad day for us, but he had so much to be proud of, and we're proud to have him start that program. And, you know, I, sometimes you have to, to take a chance on people and not look at their age, but hope Agreed. that, you know, maybe the good thing is that he hasn't had too many years of – some uh some bad habits or things sure. uh ahead of you know it in his back pocket or whatever i think that he's going to do great he's what, got big shoes to fill which is you know a lot of hear that a lot but i think that he's up for the challenge it'll be good and i you know he's got certain advantages right he's been coaching coach with p coach with uh, Dabo sweeney you know and also i think players respect a person that they know can do anything that he's asking them to do Absolutely. certainly he's got that going for him mm-hmm. and i you know anna what i think of is uh, the old advice in sort of, I don't know, ethics circles is uh, like when you're an employee, you know, be such a good employee that when you leave, they're crying, <laughs> right. you know, because they're losing you. And that's, you know, Chinnick has clearly been that kind of an employee that we're all just, no, I mean, but we kind of, we feared this would happen. We had started to not fear it anymore because we started to think maybe forever and well, you know, no, but um, I just think it's a great credit to him and to the program that we started so well. Absolutely. You know, um, new coach is exciting he's coming from a great program yeah uh, I don't think that that should be um underestimated at all I mean we we've, we've done so well at UWF we're really proud of what's been done and I think he's going to continue that uh, legacy that's been left for him it's going to take you know we're obviously going to have to find out you got to play the games to yeah. find out but I you know I also am super optimistic all right this is one I'm, I'm particularly interested in your take on this because it, we've got this proposal to make the school board become partisan so that all of your school board members would be partisan races. They'd be Republicans or Democrats instead of, uh, you know, whatever they are, even though we all typically know if you know what these you can typically figure it out. And, you know, Kevin Adams was on uh, Jeff Bergash's coffee with the commissioner this week saying that he supports this. He thinks it's important. School board issues are often partisan and they certainly hit on the values distinctions between Democrats and Republicans. What do you think about the idea of having the R or the D or the I or the G for Green Party or whatever behind their names? Kristen, you think we should? We shouldn't? What do you think? Um, you know, I haven't really thought too much about that um, before. I've always thought it was kind of interesting that the school board race is one of those that is nonpartisan because I think it's it's impossible to take your viewpoints whether it be can you know conservative progressive you know liberal 
out of how you you govern out of the decisions that you make and so with the school board race being nonpartisan, you're asking people to make decisions um, not knowing what their what their viewpoints really are on that when we can see clearly that in especially in public school system it is getting more and more divisive there are more and more things that are coming up that do challenge people's values and have concerns about things like that and so i think that you know that it could be a good thing to to help open up the eyes of the voters a little bit more to understand what the uh, candidates' backgrounds and viewpoints might be. It, it seems to me like a, a, a fool's errand, you know, to try to pretend like this can be nonpartisan. It's kind of like the the myth of somebody in the media who's neutral trying to pretend like they equally. No, everybody's got biases. Everybody shades things a certain way. And certainly for school board members, I mean, if if there is there is no place in our public society where values and religion and ethics and uh, character run into conflicts than in schools, right? I mean, that is the flashpoint for so many of these issues. Uh, Anna, I want to get your thoughts on this, but we got to take a quick break first. Let's get traffic now from uh, Candy Cullerton. Oh, candy. Okay. Oh, traffic. Candy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> traffic on the five is brought to you by Avalon. With everything going on, you need Avalon. Not showing any slowdowns right now. Looks like I-10 and I-110 clear. 98 is clear from Navarre into Gulf Breeze. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. All right. So, Anna, what do you think? Do, I mean, do we need the information? Does it benefit us? Uh, is this you know, pollute races somehow or other or taint the image of the school board? What do you think? Right. And I think Kristen made some great points. And as a parent, I look back at what has been going on in in multiple states. And like you said, the flashpoints of all of these major issues that school boards have to consider and decide. And it would be helpful as a parent and as a voter to be able to know what their background is politically because they are going to make decisions that are quasi-governmental or political. Um, but I do see the other side of that in in that, for example, we live in a very conservative voting area. So having a, maybe a D after your name would be um, difficult, would, would make the process a little more difficult for, for the election. But, you know, I do think parents um, and voters have the right to know um, where a candidate is coming from um, when they're going to be deciding some of these politically explosive issues. Yeah, I, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting this last go around for the District 2 Escambia County Commissioner race. You had a guy named uh, Ray Gillery who was running uh, for the school board, and he had run before as a county commissioner. He's a Democrat. Everybody knows he's a Democrat. He's very, very liberal. And yet for a school board, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to pretend that doesn't happen. Right. I'm supposed to like, no, we can't say that. You know, like even as as I'm covering the race, I think, well, do I mention that? Is it appropriate to mention that? You, you know, that it, it, it seems weird to me anytime you try to hide information from people, uh, even when it's a good goal. Because I see I do see the other side of with you that maybe, um, you know, the concern would be that now because they've gotten elected as partisans, that somehow their purpose in being on the school board is to influence things in that partisan direction as opposed to their purpose really being to serve the educational needs of the kids and to allow for the important values that everybody might bring to the table to protect and safeguard that rather than to just do Republican things or just do Democrat things. We'll take another quick break. We'll be back in a minute. I'm Andrew McKay. It's The Wrap with Anna Higgins and Kristen Rhodes here on News Radio 92.3. 
Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas for this holiday season? Look no further. Prim and Proper, an extraordinary boutique nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has unique gift ideas for everyone on your list. Local vendor art, custom engraving, personalized and coastal ornaments, and even gifts for your pets. Prim and Proper has gifts for everyone, including yourself. Prim and Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at primandproper.com. Uh, this is Cole with Commander Air, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a much happier New Year. This is Ryan Cole with World Ford in Pensacola, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a much happier New Year. This is Cody with Jim's Firearms, wishing you a safe holiday season and reminding you, don't text and drive. This is Darren Costello with Costello's, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And happy holidays from our locally owned family of stations. 99.1 FM, 1330 AM, ESPN Pensacola. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 and Cat Country 90. Listen to News Radio on air at 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, AM 1620, and online at newsradio923.com. Download our mobile app or listen through Alexa. Your costume is pretty. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Well, technically, I'm a human, but I was raised by elves. Oh, I'm a human. Raised by humans. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good morning, 850 here on News Radio 92.3, nine days. Nine days. <laughs> All right, quick test. Darren Boyd, nine days. Sorry, I'm just alerting my husband. Nine so days we, till Christmas. We have Anna Higgins and Kristen Rhodes here in studio with, with me for the wrap. Uh, quick test. Have you done your Christmas shopping, Anna? I'm done. Nice. When did you finish? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make this sound like it's been a month. When were you done? Mm, what time is it? You know, Kristen? First time ever in my life and probably last time ever, I not only had the house decorated, all the presents bought and wrapped. Uh-huh. Wow. And everything done like a week ago. First time? First time You ever. strike me as somebody who would always have it done in advance. We are normally up until- <laughs> Like my wife, very organized, you know? 3 a.m. wrapping Christmas, pre- you know, on is, Christmas Is that Eve. for this year or next year? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, Kristen. Uh, this morning, Steve said, if you get any more uh, on the ball with things, I'm not going to be able to get to my clothes in the closet because the whole closet <laughs> is filled with wrapped gifts. I come from a long tradition of uh, people who, like my father before me, if we're doing Christmas shopping, and I luckily don't have to do much of it. Danny takes care of it all. Uh, but my dad specifically likes to go out on Christmas Eve oh, no. at the late hour just to partake no, no, no. <laughs> of the I, nuttiness. I, just, I have one gift left, and that's for my stepdad, Mike, because he will not tell me what he wants. So, Mike, if you're listening, I need to know what you want for Christmas. You're, you're going to get left off. Home. You're going to be on the naughty list. All right, fair enough. Hey, uh, one of the interesting things the governor came out with yesterday is that uh, if you use the Sun Pass more than 35 times in a month mm-hmm. this coming year, there's a $500 million, That's half a billion dollars of fund money that uh, you're going to get half off that month's bills. So, like, if you go through Garcon Point 20 times, you go through Bob Sykes, you know, f- 15 times, your bill would be a buck fifteen a trip for Garcon Point and 50 cents for Bob Sykes on the following month. And I just got a note in from Robert Bender. He said that if people have the annual pass for Bob Sykes, they're not going to get any kind of a discount on that, that this would be only for people who are paying per trip and only if you have a Sun Pass, not by cash. But, Anna, I'm I'm eager to see. I, I don't know how much difference this will make for people, but I've always thought we really have yet to see how much people will use, um, particularly Garcon Point, when the price is very low. 
because 230 is low, but it's not under two bucks. And I always thought two bucks was the break point psychologically. I think we'll really find out what kind of use people would like to make out of that bridge. What do you think? That's a great point. I think, you know, that people have been avoiding Garcon. And I think that this is a great impetus for them to go ahead and start using it. But also in these times, I have to make the point, anything helps. Every little bit mm. helps in these times. So I'm I'm actually really grateful that they're doing this. And I know it's going to benefit people in South Florida more because they use more tolls and the tolls are higher. Obviously, ours here are not that high, but still, uh, they save something like 40 bucks a month. Average is kind of what the people who take advantage of this will. Kristen? I think it's great. In like you said, it's gonna it's a lot different from our area than South Florida because we really don't have that many tolls. Uh, with the, the number of times needed to use it, it's not going to change, in my opinion, the usage of Garcon Point because that's going to be that's designed more for people who have to commute right that's not yeah. going to be the oh i need to get up to milton more quickly so i'm going to hop up there because you're still not going to go 35 times in a month to get that discount most likely but the people who it will save them money to go that way you know gas or things like that for commuting back and forth for work which is what it's designed for really is yeah. going to be a big help every the, little bit helps the one sure. place i was thinking about it is maybe a person who lives like in pace mm -hmm. uh or east milton and maybe works on the beach you know, how do they get there now? Well, you know, probably they take 10 to 110, yeah. you know, probably just to avoid the toll. Well, now the toll is significantly less. Maybe they, for the first time ever, you know, take Garzana and maybe do it, you know, mm -hmm. 20 or, well, you know, 20 round or 20 round trips, so 40 trips in a month or something like that. Although right now with the construction on 98 in Gulf Breeze, it is a pain getting <laughs> oh, from yeah. Garzana to Pensacola Beach. Oh, and great news. They're going to start some repaving construction on Highway 90. So, um... <laughs> Yes! Right. Favorite thing ever. It's fantastic. Uh, this is something that we also saw um, come out in the last couple of days. Basically, uh, yesterday you saw Governor DeSantis signal his support for what some people are calling constitutional carry. I don't particularly favor that term because it. I think it's misleading in, in implying that what we currently have is unconstitutional for requiring a permit. Uh, but the idea to be able to carry concealed without any kind of permit, any kind of license, anything like that. I'll get you guys' thoughts on that in just a second. Let's get Candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. Once again, this is brought to you by Avalon HR. With everything going on, you need Avalon. Also, Bobby Likas Auto Service. Looks like Berry Hill Road, Dogwood Drive, Hamilton Bridge Road, Glover Lane. They're all clear, not showing any uh, problems on Highway 90. Looks good to go. Traffic on the Fives brought to you by Bobby Likas auto service on davis highway if you have traffic tips text 437-1620 news radio 92.3 informative local dependable can i can i tell you just this is this is a funny little story about robert bender so i had texted him to ask him about the toll i told you i mentioned that and he texted me but he gave me a very detailed explanation of everything and then he says you know i just got a new phone last week i lost a lot of my old context who is this Meaning he doesn't uniquely and specially answer Andrew McKay's texts, right? If you're a citizen and he'll, anybody who asks. That's he, true. And he is very much that way. Did you tell him who you were? I didn't. No. Oh, so I'm ask like, him what he's wearing. And I, t I told him, <laughs> I was basically going to say, I'm so wounded, but yeah, it's Andrew McKay. So, and he probably knows now because he often listens. Anyway, um, so uh, without a permit concealed carry, uh, Alabama already has this, okay? And it's a little weird that we're playing catch up on the thing. But uh, Anna, what do you think? Is that going to happen? Is the legislature willing to go to that? Um, I think you've got a, a composition of the legislature right now where you could see this happen. Um, and especially the political will of the governor is strong right now. He's going to be maybe running for president. <laughs> so I If he's think, not, he sure is playing the part well. Yeah, I think the speaker's going to fall in line with the governor here. I don't know that for sure, but 
Um, you know, I see, again, both sides of the issue here. Um, you know, as a person who is um, really an advocate of being a very responsible gun owner, I understand that the idea of permitting uh, is important, but I do um, understand where the governor is coming from. And, and like you said, Alabama has this. We're looking at Texas, you know, uh, lots of other states. So um, we'll see what happens, but I do think the legislature is going to consider it. Full-blown open carry? No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying beyond, oh, beyond permitless that. concealed carry, what do you think about full-blown open? I've lived in two states where we had it, Arizona and Oregon. I love it. I believe in it, but, you know. Okay, yeah. I do. I act, actually am a proponent of that. Kristen, what do you think? Conceal, per, first of all, permitless concealed carry? You know, I'm not sure how I feel about that, and I'm, I'm a gun owner, um, an Army brat. You know, we that's we're, we're very... Um, uh, you know, pro two A in our family and things like that. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how I feel about permitless because I f- I know that I feel like it definitely assists in law enforcement. You know, with with law enforcement, if there is ever a situation where you're pulled over or other things, that shows them that you are a responsible gun yes, owner. Yeah. You've gone through the process. You know, you have to. There's safety courses and things that, because you know, let's just say not everyone that legally owns a gun knows how to use it properly, and exactly. so there are good things that go along with the permitting process as well. Um, with with open carry, my concern is that there are so many citizens that are fearful of guns and unaware of the responsibility that people that would carry have that it could cause other other issues other concerns like if they're out at Walmart and there's someone open open carrying is that person that is freaked out about it going to cause a scene because they see that someone is open carrying and what are some of the other consequences that could come from that right that's those are just some of the concerns that I have with open carrying. and I will say this when I first moved to Arizona and I sat down in the tire store and in the waiting room and there was a guy next to me with a pistol on his hip I was like oh so we're here now <laughs> and then within 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 about a week I was like oh, you know whatever you just you know, you just get used to it, is my experience anyway. Well, Anna Higgins and Kristen Rhodes, this goes so fast. Uh, Kristen's going to be filling in for me on the 26th. Thank you, ladies, for being here. You did great. Oh, thank you for having me. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. A smoking and vaping ordinance passes its first reading at the Pensacola.